podcast will be a continuation of the conversation started the night before at About Women in Chicago. Last night we heard stories from four women about their decision to have children or not to have children. This podcast is a judgment-free place for women to hear different sides of the story. To be clear, we are not anti-men. We are pro-women. It's not about them. It's about us. I'm your host, Nikki Neagle. I'm a female empowerment coach I help women get their shit together. As always, I have with me my co-host, Carrie Reffitt. I'm a 37-year-old visual storyteller, marketing consultant, and queer woman. I've always wanted kids, however, my partner and I split up a few years ago. With time ticking away, I'm now on the fence. And my other co-host, Danielle Holtz. I'm a 30-year-old theater educator and storyteller. I've been married for six years and we don't have any children, but I'm open to being swayed one way or the other on the subject. And today we have with us three fantastic women. Suzanne Pollock. I'm a 58-year-old woman. I'm a licensed massage therapist. I have two adult children, and uh, I'm widowed. Jean Barclay. I'm 34. I'm married. I have a beautiful two-year-old son. I work as a stay-at-home mom, as well as a doula and childbirth educator. And Nanette Poteet. I am a professor of communication, and I have a um, 12-year-old daughter who uh, we came together through adoption. I am a single mom, and I am 52. Keep in mind, our events and podcasts are a safe space to share openly and honestly about our experiences. I'm 40 years old, married, and I have a 14-year-old stepson. Now, let's get this conversation started! When did you realize parenthood was a choice? I think it was when I learned about abortion and was making those, like having those thoughts in my head and making those decisions even before I was ever pregnant. Like as a teenager, like, oh, accidents happen. Women now have a choice. That That's something that came up in history and we fought for this choice to have a kid, so, or not to have a kid. Jean, you know, that's really interesting because I always knew that I wanted to be a mother, mm-hmm. always. And uh, it was always my choice. I mean, I think I knew that the other choices existed, but it wasn't, but I think what we're talking about today even is that, yeah, we've known and fought for that choice of abortion, mm-hmm. right, or not. But it goes beyond that now if we're starting to talk about the ideology of women needing to be nurturing mothers. And if you're not, then society perhaps has a different view of you. You know, if you don't fit into the norm, right, then that's weird. Why are you making that choice? Why aren't you uh, populating the earth? (laughs) And oftentimes abortion is kind of coded in a conversation. It's you're choosing not to have this child right now because this isn't the right time. Right. It's never seen as something that's chosen because you don't want a child at all. Right. So there's even a second layer to that topic that I think kind of gets brushed under. Yeah, there. that's interesting. Did you always think it was a choice, Suzanne? I, I don't know. It was never talked about. People always just got married, they had kids, and there you go. I just never wanted to have them. It wasn't one of those girls, girly girls. Okay. So why did you have kids then? Uh, because my husband wanted them. Okay. Yeah, I, it was one of those, you know, he wanted them, it was a family thing, and I just thought, well, why not? How old were you? I was 31 when I had my first kid. So I did a lot of living before that, Yeah. and I knew that he would be a great dad, but um, so I just thought that he would take over. <laughs> I would have them and he would take over. <laughs> Did that happen? Pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. He was, um, he worked a, a seven to two job, so he was up and out of the house and I had the kids for the day and he came back and loved them and played with them and uh, did all that. So it was great. He was wonderful. Did you feel anything different when your children were born that first time? Like that maternal instinct, if you didn't have it before, did it kick in for you? No. No. I, and I probably still don't have it. Though the older they got, the better the relationships with them has gotten because they're, you know, they're, 
they're reasoning people now. Right. You know, I wasn't, I just didn't like the terrible twos. I didn't like any of the other, I didn't like dealing with teachers. I didn't like dealing with any of that stuff. I wasn't a room mom, you know. <laughs> no. So it sounds like a lot of it had to do with social interaction with other parents, but I'm interested too in like a few more specifics about that not feeling maternal. Like what was it that, I mean, you said the terrible twos. Were there other things that were really hard for you that made, was there like a disconnect between you and the kids? I just, um, <clears throat> from, from early on, from my childhood, I guess, I just never wanted kids. Mm -hmm. I really didn't, uh, my neighborhood was full of little kids. I never babysat, never changed a diaper until the nurse made me in the hospital. I just never thought about it. Mm -hmm. To this day, I don't coo and I don't want to hold yeah. your baby. You know, <laughs> no, I don't, think I don't think your baby's darling. No. I don't think your baby's darling. No. <laughs> I, I, was, I, I heard a mom just say that yesterday. I dropped my daughter off at a play date, and the mom just said that. She's like, no, I'm so over babies. And I said, I've never gotten over that. Like, every baby I see, I want to snuggle them, mm -hmm. you know, and pinch their little cheeks and hold them, uh, especially because my daughter's going to be 13. And did you, you, miss did you adapt as a baby um, or as, when she was she, older? No, right after she was born. Oh, I okay. brought her day home when she was 11 days old. Oh, sweet. So she was a baby baby. Yeah. Wow. So you got that yes. nurturing. Yeah, right. The Please. baby smell. Right, yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. And, um, but I still to this day, you know, I'm like, oh, a baby, you know, because now that she's, you know, preteen, I don't get that. Yeah. No, Same right. thing. But you've always had a maternal instinct. Always, always. And I wasn't a girly girl, but I mean, I really just love babies. That when I would go to church, I would go to the nursery. You know, my family would be in church, and I'd be in the nursery helping out, right? So that's how I, my experience of religion was taking care of changing diapers yeah, yeah. and taking care of kids. And I babysat quite a bit when I was younger. And, you know, it just got to the point where it was, I was feeling that, you know. Why, didn't you, why didn't you adapt when you were younger? Um, well, I was living a great life, a great single life. I got married when I was 33, um, and I was divorced like five years later, um, and which is a very interesting story because I told him he was older and had two grown kids, and you know the point of us being married was that I wanted to have children and that he needed to be okay with that and on board with that, and so he said he did, but then. As time went on, we, we couldn't, we were having a lot of difficulty. I went through um, uh, fertility treatments. We did the whole sperm donor thing, and it didn't take. So it turns out I'm not able to have kids, but uh, we got divorced anyway, because he kind of gave up, and that was okay. Then it got to the point where it's like, well, what am I gonna do? Am I just gonna go out and find some guy so I can have a baby, like create this relationship so I can have a baby? And uh, one day I was watching Oprah, <laughs> and she had these three women on who were single moms who were adopting babies from the cradle in Evanston and they all happened to be african-american women and they were in different positions and I was just watching this thinking wow you you know that's amazing you can I can do that and so I went the next month to the cradle and um, September and I went through all my classes and things like that and pretty much nine months from the time I started, I was chosen for a baby. Wow, it's like you had a pregnancy almost. Yeah. You know, very symbolic. Yeah, very much meant to be. You know, like yeah. I got the baby I was supposed to have and for the universe, right? Yeah. Wow. Um, was it an easy process, do you find? For me, yeah. it was extremely easy. I, I, I talked to a lot of other parents, you know, a lot of you know couples and singles. Um, I was the first single Caucasian woman to adopt in their Sayers Center because it's all for African-American kids and I didn't care you know I wanted a baby as soon as I could get a baby mm -hmm. and so the people who are waiting for Caucasian kids or Asian kids had to wait like years right so because I was just wanting a baby a person yeah. it didn't it didn't matter to me so I was able I think probably to go much sooner it's not as fun as you think <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I was going to say, as someone who's on the fence, you kind of said to me before that it's harder than anyone will ever admit to you. Yep. Mm -hmm. So I was wondering it's if you could talk more about that. Um, sure. I love my daughter. I love being a mom, but it is, there's sometimes where it is the most difficult thing I've ever done. You know, I don't like to say I've made a mistake because that makes me a bad mom, right? Or I don't like to say, oh, I don't like my daughter right now because I feel, I feel all my own self issues with that. But it's tough, man. Kids will push you. They will wrap you around their little finger. I have a very strong-willed, smart little girl who probably demonstrates most of my bad habits <laughs> back to me. Right. You know, so she's like me, only littler and sassier. You know, um, and, and I don't know. There's a lot of there's probably a lot of specifics. It's exhausting, mm -hmm. you know, as a single mom. I did that consciously, but probably not really understanding what the ramifications would be. I'm very lucky to have a strong support system. I have two sisters in the suburbs um, that I can rely on. I've got friends here, you know, that are very supportive. It should be a choice <laughs> if yeah. you're ready to make that choice. But you know, nobody can tell you but you because if you get past that point. But even with adoption, you're not going to go past that point. I mean, I think there's always time. I was 41 when I adopted, and I still feel okay. I'm still, you know. Yeah. You said that you knew it was going to be hard, but I think a lot of parents don't know how hard it really is. Mm -hmm. Do you think, and this question is for anybody, if you knew exactly how hard it was, would you still have children? Wow. I, I, no. <laughs> and I love my son, and and like, and I'm not going to send him back. But, and we're thinking about a second, right? Because we're we're thinking about choosing to do this again, mm -hmm. older. You know, I'm not my in my early thirties. I'm you know. Anyway, it's hard. It's exhausting. They need everything from you. Well, there's reasons women don't walk around talking about how exhausting it is or how hard it is or how much of yourself you give up. And you can lose yourself in it and what that feels like and the emotional hormones that can happen. I work in birth. I, I love birth. I think it's amazing and fascinating and our bodies are just crazy. and. And it's a beautiful, wonderful thing to start a family. Um, but a part of my childbirth education, I'm very open and honest with people and that it's going to be hard and you're going to be challenged in so many ways. You don't even, you can't even, I could tell them to you. I was up every two hours for months nursing my kid. But you, you can't know what that is until you're in I hated the sun rising. I'd be like, F you sun, I haven't slept. Why, how can you come up? And you know, like, in, I don't know, it's, it's wonderful and rewarding and God, to see my kid and to watch him grow, it's amazing, but it's hard. And I don't know if I knew the minutia of it and like how needy a child is. And for me, a lot of it too was like the touch, how much he like touches my body and needs my body and we're weaning off, we're, we're not breastfeeding, but he still needs my breasts. And like, there's times I'm like, Stop touching me. Yeah. I want to like throw you across the bed right now. Like I, I because what he needs and wants is so important, you know, is, is, is more important than what I want. Right. And you continuously have to put yourself second, third, fourth, fifth, you know, depending on what that is. And I don't know if women walked around talking all the time about how hard it is if other generations would happen as much because <laughs> right. Right? it's hard. And we also live in a time where women can choose so many other things and and it's you're not shocking you're not a trendsetter you're just living you're human you're a person and you can follow your interest and your whatever and you know like when you have a kid and especially if you choose to do the stay-at-home route you give up so many of your things for a long time then there's there's days where I'll, I've had the hardest day and I look at him sleeping and I'm just like oh Again. Right. I do it again right. in a heartbeat. What do you need? I love you. Let me wipe your poop. Let me, you know, like. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy how much you get into their poop and cleaning and all of that. No, no Suzanne says no. <laughs> no, right? Like, no, that's what the husband did. <laughs> okay, so my question for you is you didn't want children. You knew from the children. very beginning no. you did not want children. But you only, you didn't just have one child. You made the decision again to mm -hmm. have another right. child. Right. We, we sat in the living room 
you know, talked, made that choice, made that decision to have another one. We didn't want the first one to be an only child. Mm -hmm. If something happened to Charlie and I, they would, you know, that they would have each other. Mm -hmm. That's why we had another one. Mm -hmm. um, and my kids are 18, 20 months apart. So I had the poop smell in the house for two years. I had all the toys <laughs> in the house, you know, for, for four years. For four or five years. Four or five yeah. years. And then all that went left. Mm -hmm. But after the second one, we sat down again and had another conversation about, do we have another one? I'm like, oh no, you know. Two is a four top at a restaurant. It's a quad chairlift. It's doubles tennis. <laughs> you know, and, and, you know. Four makes sense. Yeah, it, it's, um, you know, you throw a third one in there and the whole dynamics get messed up. So You're outnumbered. Yeah, well, and two is two is man-to-man -man combat. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, one is past the football. You know, two is man-to-man. So it was it was a choice. Yeah. It do your children do your children know that you didn't want children? Are they aware that that was never? I don't think. Well, so. I wanted I to know so. if your husband knew that. I mean, sorry to jump no, in, but okay. if yeah. your husband knew, and then did the children? You know, we never talked us. about it. Mm -hmm. I knew that I loved him. We talked about having kids. You know, um, after we got married, but even before we got married, I, there was no conversation. Mm -hmm. Do you want kids or that? Do you want, you know, it was just always assumed. Okay, that's what I was wondering because yeah. at that time, was it just assumed yeah. that and you would have kids because you were getting married? So starting a family was part of that process. Right, right. right. We, yeah, we were married two and a half years or so before I got pregnant. Um, but yeah, I, I, no, we didn't have that conversation. I suppose he assumed. Right, but that was going to happen. You have but to, you yeah. didn't counteract it. You didn't say, hey, by the way. Yeah, by the way, no, I don't want kids. <laughs> <laughs> and so, I don't think you would have married me. Do you remember a woman from childhood who didn't have children? Or any sort of authority figure who was living without kids? No. So you didn't have anyone who was creating a picture of what that could potentially be? You had neighbors, though, that didn't have kids, didn't you? Yes. The building that I live in now, my across-the-hall neighbors were probably 10, 15 years older, and uh, I had two little kids, and they were two incomes, no kids, wonderful. I, you know, in my imagination, they had this wonderful lifestyle because here I was full of throw-up, and they were getting dressed, going to work, and I knew that they had great jobs, and it was fantastic, and they would come home late at night, and I just knew in my head, after, you know, and I'm still full of throw up and haven't mm -hmm. showered in days, <clears throat> that they had met for cocktails or dinner and a movie, and you know, here I am, stuck, stuck with these two little throw up pooping things. But you really don't know that that's what they were doing. That was yeah, what you had. That in was your, my imagination. That was your imagination. Yes. And, yes. That, and that, that's very real in itself. And I don't know if, if they couldn't have children, and that's why they didn't have kids. I know they had a loving relationship, but no, I don't know anything personal. You know. It was all what was up here. Up of, in course, your head. of course. Of yeah. course. Right, right. Yeah. I just knew that they, you know, I The knew. things you wanted to be doing, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, of course. I, you know, working nine to five is so much easier. And don't get me wrong, I love my children. I really right. do. They're fantastic kids. You know, and as they got older, high school, they were, they were creative and smart and athletic and it was great. They were real people. Yeah. It was wonderful. Because you could see more of like your peer now, like better, because yes. They were clearly cast the throw up in the diapers that they right. were mini adults. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Mm -hmm. And I could, I could relate to them. Okay. Yeah. Jean, do you have a support system of women in the city or family in the city, or how do you, how are you doing it? Because that, I think, for me, one of the things that sways me towards the end of not wanting to have children at all is because my family is in Minnesota and Ohio, mm -hmm. 
I have lots of friends who are women with young babies mm -hmm. who are in that situation who make about the same amount of money I do who are struggling. So my, my family's in the suburbs. Um, my family's in the suburbs. My husband's family is scattered. They're, they're far away. They're not right here. So a lot of my friends have kids, several of them. Um, and it turns out when your friends have kids, they want to help, they know how to help, but they can't always help because they have their kids and their families and their needs and things. And we struggled. And my mom's not that far. She's only 40 minutes away and she helped and his parents were here in the beginning and then went back to England. And I kind of had to create and find a support group. And I also didn't know how much I needed that support group. So my support group actually came oddly enough from a gay male friend who was like, I have another friend who you might like. And he set us up on a date basically. And, and we liked each other and we started hanging out. And then she was in a yoga class and invited some of those moms. And like almost magically, this group of six women happened where we were all kind of cloth diapering. We all breastfed. We all did this or that. We had one adopted mom. We had like, we had this really diverse, interesting, but also like enough stuff was the same that we could support each other. And I met this group of women. My son was probably about six months old. I, I almost want to cry thinking back to the relief of finding other women who I could meet in the middle of the day, who I could text or call with like just my issues and my stresses and, oh God, you didn't shower for three days either. Like neither did I and we're at the park and it's okay. And um, my, my community kind of happened around me even though I'm very well connected in the childbirth community, even though I have friends who have children and role models and all of that and I actually have family fairly close by but it was still hard and it still struggled and like I don't know sometimes I still even want more of a community my, my son's two and I just now have two neighbors on the block that I can call if something comes up and I'd be like can you watch Tide or you know this this happened I need this help and stuff and it took me a couple years to even get that on my own block and I know a lot of my neighbors um, and I, I do tell women like when they're pregnant like start making those connections now find your friends who can come over in the middle of the day or can make you dinner if you need it or and I tell women if anyone offers you help take it take it take it take it here in America we're very by our own bootstraps and we yeah. do things on our own and child raising a child isn't something you do on your own it, it's something we usually do with a partner not always and it's hard on your own it's hard with a partner like there's a reason humans are social groups and this and that and I think child rearing should be done in more of a group setting I so wish my mom lived with me I so wish my family lived in a giant cave. <laughs> I really do sometimes. Or just a nice luxury home. Just a nice luxury <laughs> right, compound or something. Um, because you do, you need that support and stuff. And I, I would say to a woman who doesn't have family immediately nearby, like, start talking to your friends now. And, like, how, and, like, and open yourself up to the idea of receiving help. That can be a very hard thing for us to do. And it's very easy for someone to say, I'll help you anytime. But then for the other person to say, well, this is what I need, you know, it's, it's I don't know, when, when you have kids, you have to be open to accepting help and asking for help. And, yeah. and when you said losing part of yourself, there have been years now where I've just felt like, who am I? Yeah. I am not the woman I used to be. And when you have a child, you have to know that you have to be selfless. There's times when I'm okay with it because I made that choice. I made the choice, me alone, to become a single mom. Um, I didn't really realize the ramifications, probably, you know, of that, but that's my choice. And I have to remind myself of that choice and that it's about her right now. I had a great, yeah, I mean, I didn't have a doctor until I was 41. I had a lot of really, really good single years. I have to remind myself of that. Yeah. Yes, I'm tired. Yes, I'm angry, but I love her and she's my daughter. And I would do anything for her. Mm -hmm. That's something I worry about though, because in my own personal history, my mother was all consumed, just completely night and day. I've heard stories about the first week that I was born, she wouldn't put me down. Mm -hmm. And she was sick, like she was physically, she had like the flu or something, and she still just refused to put me down and it continued that way um, through my childhood and with my brother, all the way up until I was 18. and. The first year I was away at college, 
there was a lot of transition in our life, but she ended up actually committing suicide. And there was guilt that I felt for a really long time that I had left the house and that we had this really close bond that, you know, for better or for worse, her life really changed because even though she was still my mom, the role for her was really different. Mm -hmm. And I struggle now, you know, she was 38 when she committed suicide and I'm 30. Yeah. So if I have a kid, I worry, I mean, I have this tendency towards anxiety that she has. It's very clear in my system. And my husband and I have talked about it a lot. Like right now, I can self-care. Right now, I know how to manage myself. I can take care of this. And I'm not 100% sure I don't have a maternal instinct. I love my godchildren. I love my nieces and my nephews. But I don't feel it. I don't, I don't know that I'll regret it. I might regret it. But regret I don't having know. Having children or not having children? Regret not having children. I might. Right. You know, but I also think, okay, well, if the only reason I'm doing something is because I'm scared that I might feel like I'm missing out, that's probably not a good enough reason. And then on top of it, if I have to give myself up to this child, which is something that I saw my mom do way more than she maybe should have, mm -hmm. will I be able to recover from that? And if I'm, if I have what she has, even an ounce of it, is that something that I want to risk doing to someone or doing to myself? I spent my whole entire 20s thinking I was gonna have children. You know, someone said, like, when you have children, I kept thinking, well, yeah, in the future, you know, in my 30s, you know, when I, and I'm 40 now, it's like, yeah, when I solve the world's problems and become a millionaire, <laughs> like, yeah, you know, when there's flying cars, I'll have, you know, I'll have, in fact, I even talked to a roommate in my late 20s, a roommate I'd had for years, a male roommate, a male platonic roommate, and I said, hey, when I'm 35, when we're both 35, if I don't see any, if I don't have a partner in my life, can I have your sperm? I mean, I said it so casually. And he said, we were both 27 at the time, and, I, and he's like, how about when we get to 35, we'll have that discussion. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember I was, I was 35, almost 36 when I got married mm -hmm. you know, to my now husband, who has a son, and that was scary because I don't think anyone ever dreams of being a stepmom. I mean, maybe they do. I, I didn't know anybody. and. I still don't have a, I don't know any other stepmoms. I yeah. really don't. Interesting. Yeah. And I now have to kind of figure this out. I mean, my husband and I always have the conversation open. Do we have kids? When you meet somebody at 32, you have these questions that you have to ask differently. If you meet somebody at 22, yeah. at 34, I went back to school and I was in school from 34 to 40. So it's, do you have these kids? And then we have to think about, okay, so if we do have kids, what's the dynamic between our newborn child and a teenager that doesn't even live with us mm -hmm. and lives with us a couple times a month. Now all of a sudden there's that and then, well then what do I want then for my career that I've been working on? And, and then I started to think, well the reasons that I wanted, that I thought I wanted to have kids aren't probably the right reasons. Like, oh, like those outfits are really cute at Target. Yeah. And, <laughs> right. yeah. you know, I was a runner at the time, and it was like, oh, that running stroller that those moms have that they run, like, that's a really cool I idea. I get that thing. And then I started to think about, what if that child is sick? And I know people say all the time, like, well, God only gives you what you can handle. Yeah, but nobody ever says, <sighs> nobody ever says to you, like when, when they say like, oh, do you want a boy or do you want a girl? You say, oh, as long as it's healthy. Mm -hmm. You never say, well. What I could handle. Yeah, is what I could handle is, or as long as it's a baby, you know, they always say, well, as long as it's a healthy baby. Mm -hmm. You know, we then decided to have, or to not have children, sorry. My husband always was on board with getting vasectomy, so that was never, it was never a question about who's going to do what. Mm -hmm. Getting vasectomy is, way less invasive than getting my tubes dyed. Plus, mm -hmm. I've been on the pill for 15 years, and it's your turn. Now it's yeah. your turn to do something. And it was never a question, but it's interesting when I do meet some women. Like yesterday, I was at a party, and a woman automatically said to me, so how many children do you have? I said, I don't have any. But now I have to have this conversation, oh, I don't have children. And I've mentioned to some people, like, oh, my husband got a vasectomy. And I've had some women say to me, I'm so sorry he did that to you. As if it was not my choice, as if we didn't talk about it, as if just one day 
he got a vasectomy and then texted me and said, hey, by the way. <laughs> snip, snip, there's scissors. Snip, snip. I mean, no kids for you. But no when, did, when did you realize, well, I have two questions, yeah. I guess. One is that when did you realize that it was a choice you got to make? Because it sounds like early on you thought that it was something that you needed to do. If I haven't had one by 35, then I'll just grab the sperm and right. put it in me. Right. Um, so there's that. Like, when did you realize that you could choose not to? And then two, do you feel like there was outside pressure to choose to have children at any point? Yeah, to answer your first question, when did I realize that there was a choice? Probably in my 30s. I mean, honestly, when Chad and I started talking about it, it was him and I talking about it. I wasn't talking to anybody else. It was him and I having this discussion. And he had already had a baby. So he's already gone through diapers and throw up and poop. And you know he was married before me. So it's a divorce through diapers and throw up and poop and all that stuff. So I think it was when Chad and I first started talking about it that we, that I started talking to other women about it. And I remember when I met Suzanne years ago, I had asked her and it was the first woman that said to me, I never wanted children, but I have children. And it was right, it was right around that point that I thought, oh, I know women have choices. I get that. We fought for our choices. I totally understand that. But I don't think I really, really, really knew I had a choice until I started talking to other women about their choices. And that, that I realized that if I chose not to have children, that it was okay. And yeah. I remember Suzanne saying, it's okay if you don't have children. Mm -hmm. And I remember being able to breathe after that. My shoulders came down a level because it was like, oh, I do I mean, I don't have to, and that's and that's okay that and I don't have okay. to. And it's okay. I think that's a big thing that it's yeah. okay to not have kids. I, right. I almost feel like, as women, we're still adjusting to that. It's well, okay. no, I don't even. You know, here here we are in you know 2015. We're still having this conversation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We're still. It, it, is it okay or is it not okay to have kids? Mm -hmm. Why are we having this conversation? Well, and even in a like in you a know, really yeah. Why are we why? Yeah. Yeah. It's women put such pressure on other women. Yes. That's that's what it is. It's I'm jealous of her. You know, I she should be doing what I'm doing. You know, out of that. In in you know, I want that CEO thing. job. I should be there. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not. So why are we still having this conversation about children? I no. think there's Do still religious religion? and ethnic connotations, you know, that, that put pressure on women, you know, as, as that's their role, right, well, is sure. to propagate and what nurture. I think about when I was a kid, and it is so ingrained in us that this is what we're going to do. I've always had a maternal instinct, always wanted kids, and never thought ever about it being a choice. It was always, this is just going to happen, right. and I'm going to be super happy about it. <laughs> because that's what I want, that's what I'm supposed to do. And I remember I, my great aunt's daughter, she was married and I was probably like eight or nine years old and they didn't have kids. And I thought for some reason, I assumed they couldn't have kids, I had no idea. And we were out riding horses one day and I asked them because they were so fabulous with me, they were so good with kids. So I asked her, I said, when, when are you guys gonna have kids? And she was like, oh, well, we're not. And I'm like, oh, you mean you can't? No, we're not. We're not, you know, we don't yeah, want kids. Yeah. And that was like a moment of, what do you mean you're not going to have? And I know I totally judged them in that moment of like, well, what's wrong with you that you're not going to have kids? And why would you not want to have kids? But that you just didn't know. But I just didn't even know that that was an option or a choice or a... And even then, like, I was like, okay, well, that's okay for them, I guess. They're kind of weird, but okay, <laughs> you know, go on with my life. And it wasn't until years later that when I realized that I'm gay and that I have to now think about the way in which I might go about having kids. Do mm -hmm. I adopt? Do I have a sperm donor? Do how, I, how do I go about this? Then it was panicky in the sense of like how, oh my gosh, I'm going to run out of time if I, don't, <laughs> if I don't figure this out and if I don't get a sperm donor, if I don't adopt or if I don't, and that's so expensive. And then at some point after my partner I split up, then it, that's when I think I really realized of like, I don't have to feel panicked about this because if I don't have kids, I think I might be okay. 
Like I might be okay, I might not, I don't know, and I still don't know because I don't want to do the single mom thing because I know how difficult that could be. So you're 37. Mm -hmm. Do you feel the tick-tock of the clock, as women say? Do you feel that? I, I decided a long time ago, like, I physically would not have one biologically. It would be very difficult for me to even get pregnant. So I decided that I would want to adopt. And I've had a lot of father issues in my life of not knowing your father. And I figured I could never do a sperm bank thing because I don't want to put my kid through that kind of situation mm -hmm. of not knowing who their other legal or their other biological, biological biological person is so I would have to do an adoption thing and it would have to be an open adoption and so if I find a partner that is up for that and we decide that that's something we want to do then I would go down that road yeah I'm hearing this I'm with Nikki that I and even what you're saying you met people who didn't have children but you still didn't get that it was a choice I have only in the last year realized that I it was okay if I chose not to. Mm -hmm. I knew women choose not to, but there was this, and they're even still on a level, I feel a pressure to choose to have children because mm -hmm. I have my my stepfather who I love is always telling me how ready he thinks I am and you know, oh, you're the natural mother in the family, you know, and there's this, I'm a, yeah, and I'm a teacher, so everyone's like, oh, you're so maternal, you're so nurturing, you're so loving, but I will say, that there's this whole other thing that I feel really strongly where, okay, if I don't choose to have kids, then what is my life about? Right. And I don't know many women who say my life is about my children, but I do feel like if I decide to say definitively, nope, no kids for me, that I have to have an answer to this question of, but my life is going to be about this. So don't worry about me. I'm okay. I'm not going to be sad. I'm not going to be missing out because I can tell you that my life is going to be about my career or it's going to be about traveling or it's going to be about, you know, whatever. And I don't have an answer to that. So is that pressure, pressure external or internal or both perhaps? It probably has to be both. I mean, I do feel it from inside for sure, but, you know, I think that, I see all these other women, I imagine everybody's life's in a triangle, yeah. you know, and like right. you've stacked your priorities. Right. And it's, it's so interesting, I think, just hearing you say that because we live in a doing society, mm -hmm. right? What do you do? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Not who right. are you? And I'm learning very late in the game, it's about being and, and it's okay. And do we really have to have that answer? What if I get hit by a bus in three days? Does it matter? Right. right? I've made all these great plans. And so part of trying to be a, a good mom is take, being much calmer and much more accepting about the universe and just trying to do my best every day. And so, you know, that's why I was asking internally. I'm, I'm guessing it's both. But if you can let those pressures go I don't know it's it's a difficult thing to do right but but I, I it makes me sad when I hear you say oh I got to fill in that blank mm -hmm. right like it's a hole that's that something's missing in the puzzle so I need to plug it in with something I don't think you do I think that it's okay to be Danielle and and mm -hmm. with your husband and grow and who who knows what's well, going to happen yeah right and you and I are coming at it from an older perspective. Mm -hmm. You're still in the, the angst about you know, the job, the career, right. or the family, or how do you mesh both. When what Nanette was saying, it's, it's every day, you don't have to make the decision because to date I've had four or five fantastic careers. Right. Mm -hmm. you know, and, and it's just you're, you're continuing e evolving and you're continually um, enjoying that time. I was, I was lucky that I was a, a stay-at-home mom. Extremely lucky. I had a lot of friends that had to work. A lot of women have to work. But it was wonderful that I could stay at home. You know, I had a great career with four kids. And so there's all those choices. Once you make the choice, then you're taking you know, a fork on that road. If you're at a party, you're in a social situation, and someone says, oh, do you have kids? And you go, oh, I don't really know yet. Or, you know, I'm, I'm still trying to figure it out. I might. Then I what if somebody <laughs> then says, oh, 
you're going to want kids. Mm -hmm. what, then what? You say, well, why do you say that? Somebody no, don't even engage in the conversation. You know, <laughs> you're you're going to want to have kids. Okay, great. Nice to meet you. I'm off. <laughs> right? right? If you're not comfortable with that conversation, other people shouldn't be asking you those I've and we don't realize too. how personal it is. They don't. Like right. this was a big aha moment for me, was when I was at a at a party with friends, talking to one of my best friend's girlfriend, and they were like, "We're not having kids." And I was like, "What? Why? I can't believe you would do that. What are you talking about? Just you wait. Don't you worry. It's coming." But everything, everything came out of my mouth, and I caught myself just being horribly, like being horrible to this woman, right? And like really questioning something that's so personal and such an inner choice and, you know, like, and there's so much that comes into it. There's your, your family history, there's your mental health, there's your, the health of your relationship. There's so much that goes into choosing to have a baby, you know? And, and then you follow up with, you know, someone says, not yet, or I don't know. And then you start asking them why you're asking really personal questions at a party, you know, and expecting someone to defend themselves and talk about themselves and... Why do you think that you ask those <clears throat> questions, though? Like, you're made, that's an assumption that you're carrying, right. to be fair, right? Right. So, and is it... Because you, you have kids. Right. So is it that you want her to say, oh, your choices are valid, do you think? I know that's a really crazy way to frame it, but I wonder if every time we do that, if it's us saying... Validate the choice that I made. I'm okay. I did it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's okay. I did it. I did it. Tell me that it's okay. That's really interesting. I hadn't thought about that. And there's yes, I think that does exist in there. I think for like every woman in, in any situation, when you're talking to someone, you're like, oh, tell me what I'm well, doing. Well, Suzanne okay. pointed that out earlier, and I really believe it's still in the United States. That's part of our culture. You know, conservative, <laughs> right wing. I mean, that's that's pushed a lot. And back to Catholicism, back to being Muslim. I mean, there are rules and regulations about how you're supposed to repopulate. And there's still that out there. I mean, we're sitting around this table as educated women who come from various backgrounds, and we can have this conversation. But there is still this overarching assumption that if you are, you know, heterosexual, married couple, that that's what you do, mm -hmm. right? That's where you go. And so this, this sort of incredulity about, well, what do you mean you're not going to have kids? Like, that's just crazy. And when I was questioning my girlfriend, it was all about me. And I didn't know it until I yeah. went home and thought about it. Yeah. And in the moment, I caught myself doing it and just being, like, horrified, right? Like, and I couldn't even stop it coming out of my mouth. Um, and I went home and thought about it. It was all about me and how I was feeling and also about the fact that this woman, who is my best friend's partner, and, and they've pretty much decided... For, you know, they're going to be, this is it, they're going to be together. She was telling me that my best friend's kids were never going to grow up with my kids. That that fantasy I had in my head of, of, of his children growing up with my children and us sharing that was shattered. And me questioning her decisions was all about me mourning, right, like this idea that I had that our kids would grow up together which is a lovely idea, but is a, it's wholly selfish. It's not about them or what they want and, and their life to be. And, um, yeah, I had to go home and think about it and just be like, man, like that, that was all about me. It had nothing to do with them. And I had no right to grill her and question her and belittle her. I mean, I was like, it's coming. You're young. That clock is ticking. Just you wait. Like, you'll want it. You'll change. We think that what we want is... Right whatever what everyone else wants mm -hmm. and I can remember when I met Danielle years ago and you talked about you and your husband you know we're gonna have kids and you're gonna try in a couple years and I remember thinking like okay that's great you know you're young that's fine but I remember recently when you came up to me and you said I don't think we're gonna have kids or right now we're, we're really on the fence there was a little part of me inside that was like Yes. She's on my team. She's on my team. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I think yeah. because it, it, there is that validation of like, mm -hmm. oh, that I'm not the only one. And I will say that my husband and I do have a lot of couple friends, and some have kids and some don't. I'd probably say more of our friends don't have kids mm -hmm. than they do, I think, because that's just kind of who our circle is. Mm -hmm. And and we're influenced by the people around us. But there's a few couples that I've, that I've known for years that I always thought that they weren't going to have kids. You know, mm -hmm. we're all approaching 40, you know. 
and I was like, oh, they're not gonna have kids. And then all, all, out of the blue, we hear, oh, we're pregnant. And there's that part of me inside, and it's horrible because I'm happy for them. I, I truly am happy for them. But there's a part of me that's like, I'm hardly ever going to see them ever again. So it is that fantasy, that selfish, that, you know. That but is it selfish in a bad way? It's not, it's like not negatively selfish for me to want my kids to grow up with my best friend's kids. It's not negatively selfish, but it is selfish, right? And like, we're allowed to have those thoughts. And we're, I think we're also allowed to like mourn them. We're allowed to mourn that you're not going to see your friends as much or like, my fantasy's not going to happen, you know? Like, we just have to keep it to ourselves in, in, in party settings. Yeah. But <laughs> even hearing Nikki, though, reference that time when I wanted kids, thinking about it and being really honest, my good friends had just gotten pregnant. Yeah. And I was really overweight, and I was like, oh, they're having kids, so I should be thinking about having kids. So, But I want to lose weight before I have kids. So I use that as a motivator to start losing weight. And I lost like 148 pounds over the last three and a half years and got to the finish line and was like, whoa, you're approaching that thing that you said, you're losing weight to have kids. And I had to really think about it. Yeah. And if I hadn't been overweight, I might have started to try having children because I had friends who were trying. Yeah. If I'm being really honest, mm -hmm. because it was like, oh, you're doing it. I want to do it. You are really influenced by the people around you, for mm -hmm. sure. I know that I'm a dink, like the double income, no kids. <laughs> yeah. I know that I am. And, you know, my husband and I just booked a trip to Scotland for the summer because nice. we could. Nice. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, but, like, when I tell my friends who have kids that, I do feel like, oh, I'm, I'm like, oh, are you judging the fact that I can spend my money this way? But you just wish they could too. Right. Exactly. <laughs> right. well, yeah. it's, it's my neighbors. Yeah. You know, across the hall. They had this wonderful life. Yeah. But why can't your choices be just as valid yeah. as their choices? Why well, is they it, should be. I mean, they should be, shouldn't they? Why are you like, they should be and they are, down. right? Like, your choices are just as valid. They are, but... But I think as a whole, as a society, as a culture, we are still... It is radically new. For women to choose to not have children. It is our biological, and this is something we haven't talked yet, this is our biological nature. It is in our cells. Our bodies do. Most of us make the hormones and make this and that to have babies. Do it. Do it now. You're getting old. I mean, mm -hmm. it's in there. And and we're, I don't know if, I, I don't know enough about history to say am I the first generation, but we're the first generation or two to make these decisions and to put them into the culture and to say it is valid, it is valid for me to not have children and to travel to Scotland. I can do that, it doesn't, like, I think we're still adjusting to it. Right, I think right. that's why we're still talking about it and right. this and that. It's probably gonna be another 50 to 100 years before it's not that big of a deal right. for women to not Here's have hoping. children. Here's hoping. Here's hoping, Here's right? Hoping. I actually just read that it was during the Industrial Revolution that the conversation about babies and women changed because people were beginning to work outside the home. Because before that, children were made to work mm -hmm. in the home and that was what their role was. And then the conversation changed again to this whole, oh, you're missing out the maternal instinct thing. In the 50s? Yes. Well, at the time when women were fighting to work outside the home, right. the narrative shifted again. So it's not this whole, oh, it's your biological clock. We invented that in the 1800s. Well, and it's still going on in terms of, in the opposite way, women who are trying to move forward in any kind of corporate situation or any kind of work situation, there's always frequently that question in the back right. of the mind of people say, well, when is she going to get pregnant and leave us, uh -huh. right? And so women having to work twice as hard to get to those management positions or supervisory positions by saying or not talking about having kids, right? right? Or their desires. Or their sure. desires, not mm -hmm. to. But Nikki, it was, I was thinking when you were talking about Carrie, I mean Danielle, about your friends having kids and you felt bad because you weren't going to see them, was there any part of you that, like a twinge that thought, oh my God, they're having kids, am I making the right decision? At first instinct, I want to say no. Like Danielle, you work in education, so you work, and you work in young education, like you work with children. I don't have that background. Yeah. I don't really work with children. I don't really know what to do with children. And I would never say like, Suzanne, you said you have a you don't really have that mothering instinct, whereas Nanette, you do. 
I'm kind of in the middle. Will I have regret? I don't know, but I don't want to make a decision about regret right now be, because of something I don't regret because I, I I just don't know. Yeah, just thought we were saying to to Danielle. Yeah. Yeah. We don't know. Right. So so just, was there a, you know you had asked me, is there a part of me that's like oh did I make the right decision? Yeah, I made the best decision I could in the moment that I'm in, right now and that's all I can do I can't make a decision now for something I might feel or might not feel mm -hmm. 20 years from now right. when I'm 60 my takeaway is that choices are very complicated you have to be comfortable owning them and you have to be comfortable removing other people from the choices that you make it's okay to have this conversation honestly because I think I know a lot more about now how I feel about having mm -hmm. kids, even in this conversation with you women, and that we're talking a lot about being respectful and knowing when to have these conversations, but that these conversations are the kind that help people make choices, and that I want to try to be encouraging that more often in my everyday life. Yeah. Hearing other people's experiences, I think, is always helpful for me. I learn more by sitting in groups like this whether it's here with, with all women or if it's in my classroom, mm -hmm. and just having those moments that, wow, that's a different way of looking at it than I've ever looked at it before. And so thank you, Nikki and Danielle and Carrie, for putting this together because I, I think it's extremely important for us to be able to hear um, yeah. other people's life's experience. Life experience. If there's one thing to take away from this is that we are not alone. We spend all this time judging other women when we should be supporting them in their choices. So now what? How do we change the cultural narrative around parenthood? We keep this conversation going. We want to hear from you. We want to hear what you're talking about with your friends and your family and your community. Share with us your stories. Share your experiences. Tell us what you think. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I'm at I am Nikki Nigo. Danielle's at You Radiate, the letter U and Radiate. Carrie is at Cat Pants Media. We want to hear your story. Thanks, ladies. Are we okay with ruling the world? Yeah.